Welcome to Shelve Under Podcast, the Toronto Public Library podcast for readers, writers, and everyone practicing physical distancing. That's right. Today, we're bringing you a bonus episode to give some recommendations for library resources you can access from home while branches are closed due to the COVID-19 virus pandemic. My name is Mike, and today I'll be joined by my colleague Alice to talk about a couple of books available online from the library. We realize this is a difficult time and hope that our recommendations can help those seeking a distraction. Our thoughts are with everyone in the city, especially those keeping essential services running. Uh, So this is a bit of a special bonus episode, because not only do I get to talk about teen books, but I get to bring in a special guest. Welcome, Alice. Hi. Hi there. Um, Can you start by explaining a bit of your role in the library and what you do? Sure. I'm the uh, senior collection specialist for youth materials. So I lead a team of um, other youth librarians in selecting and purchasing all the teen books for the system. And I also handle the ebooks for teens and children's. And how have things been different for you since branches have been closed and you've been working from home? There's a lot greater focus on our e collections. The demand is way up, obviously. It's something everyone with internet access can get from home. Um, so we've been buying pretty furiously to meet that demand. Um, and we have been continuing to buy for our print collections, but we don't have. Uh, my favorite day all month when we meet the entire team together. Well, we've been still been having, yeah, monthly online web chats. But yeah, it's, it's not quite the same as being together. Um, and, and how have you seen an increase in the online usage? We've definitely got a lot more demand for our ebooks. Um, I've heard anecdotally it's up something like 30 to 35%. Um, Wait lists are up, a lot of requests from teachers, um, some emails from parents, uh, something that's definitely being very heavily used. And uh, during this time, we also launched one of the big things that we worked together on in the Youth Material Selection Committee, uh, which is the list. Can you explain a bit about the list and what that is? So the list is an annual... um, list of what we call Great Reads for Youth that we've been putting out uh, every year for the last few years. It has a print version and also an online version. Um, Fortunately, there's not been a huge difference this year because so much of it lives online. We have um, a website at tpl.ca slash the list that has all our hundred picks. And a lot of teen reviews are linked there. There's more coming. We're continuing to work on editing those. Uh, Really, the only big change has been we've delayed the printing because branches aren't open for picking up the print version. It is available online as a PDF, though, for people who like that. And one of the things that I love about working on the list is because it's 100 books, we get to uh, really go wide in a variety of different genres and types of books. Um, and we get to mix it up. So it's it's not just a fiction list. It covers fiction and nonfiction. Uh, we had a heavy emphasis on poetry this year, but there's always some poetry in the list. 
um, a big chunk of graphic novels. Um, so it's a really, uh, that's the one of the things I love is that um, compared to a lot of other lists, which are very focused and specific, we really get to find things in there that can really meet any reader. I always say there's going to be something in there that someone wants, would be interested in. Yeah, we really do try and find something for everyone, like different reading styles as well as different content, different uh, experiences and um, different main focus characters. Um, we do sort of create categories. Some of those are fairly standard, but uh, we always change up a couple of them to reflect what we're seeing in publishing and in, in the books. Um, so this year, for example, we uh, we added a category for international books. So books that are set in countries all around the world, um, a lot of them international authors. Um, we also are seeing a lot more representation of physical disabilities. So we combine those with the mental health disabilities um, to give a, a fuller picture there. There's just so much there. I, I, could, I could go on about that at length. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 really diverse in in so many different ways, and uh, you had mentioned earlier a bit about some of the teen reviews um, that you help organize as well for the list. Can you explain a bit uh, about what those are? Yeah, so one one of my favorite parts of the project. I mean, obviously, given what I do, I love the the material and and the books, and we pick some great stuff. But one of the things that I really love is we send out a list to. Uh, youth advisory groups and youth hubs across the system and they offer to teens the chance to read one of those books we send it to them they read it and then we go out and interview them on video and then we edit down uh, little videos that are teens talking about the books that they picked from our list to read and um what they thought about it, what they liked about it, who they'd recommend it for. We asked them a bunch of questions and then and then uh, pull some fantastic quotes together. And uh, the videos, I mean, it's a lot of fun to talk to teens face-to-face -face about the books they've been reading. And they have so many interesting things to say. I just love that part. And and so the, the list each year is 100 books. And how many video reviews did you do this year? This year we had, I think, 35 or 36. The first year was about 10 or 12, and last year was 21, I think. So every year we get more teens, and we have a bunch of teens. Something I think is really speaks to the fact that they enjoy it too, is we've had a bunch of teens come back, and one who was a three-peat this year. Yeah, I know some of my youth volunteers have, have done it and really enjoyed it, and I know I had a uh, someone do a, a second round this year, I believe. Um, where can people find those videos if they're interested in watching them? They are all linked from the list website underneath the book. There's a small play button if there's a list or you can sort for video reviews. They're also found on our YouTube channel, which is TPL Teens. Um, I think only about 18 of them are up so far. As I said, we're continuing to edit and and get them through and and post them as we work so that there will be something new coming continually for a while, which is kind of fun. Great. Um, so, and we wanted to recommend some books from the list this year as well. Um, so if people are looking to, to find some of these books, um, specifically electronically while branches are closed, if you go to the OverDrive webpage and then 
um, to the teen section. Um, at least for the time being right now, there is a collection right at the top called the List 2020, um, and you'd be able to see all of the list books that are available through Overdrive, either as ebooks or e-audiobooks um, in that little mini collection. Um, so Alice, what did you want to recommend first? Uh, I had such a hard time narrowing it down um, because there's, there's so, so many great books. Um, but one of the ones that I thought was kind of astonishing this year was Full Disclosure. This is uh, from Cameron Garrett, who is a very young author. She's in college currently. Um, and she wrote a book about a young woman in high school who's been living with HIV her whole life. Uh, she knows the drill. She's very well versed in all of the precautions that she should be taking. Her adoptive fathers really encourage her to just not engage in any sort of romantic connection until she's in her 20s. Um, not, it's not quite clear how much of that is for their own comfort and how much of that is um, for safety concerns. Um, but she's moved to a new school and she meets a boy that she really likes and uh, they begin a relationship and they're sort of easing into it He's uh, wonderfully respectful. It's it's just everything that you would want for your teen. And, um, but there's some complications because there's somebody has found out about her status and uh, she had had to leave her past school because of that and the stigma and the bullying that went with it. And she really has some big decisions to make about how to deal with that and what how much she can expect from the people in the school she's at. Uh, the writing is wonderful. The relationship is wonderful. Um, the discussion around the stigma of HIV is, and, and where we're at in terms of treatment and, and health supports. And I learned things about how people, the things that people consider in living with HIV. Um, fantastic book. Oh, that sounds great. Um, and sort of some of those points um, lead me into my first recommendation, uh, which is called With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. And uh, some people, especially if you're familiar with teen books, you may be familiar with Elizabeth Acevedo already from uh, The Poet X, which was a National Book Award winner. And this is her follow-up. Um, it's a prose novel as opposed to that one, which was in verse. And this follows um, Emily Santiago, who is a high school student. Um, she lives with her abuela and her young daughter, and she has a dream of becoming a chef. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of descriptive food writing in this book, which I really loved. Um, so she, her high school has just uh, started a new culinary arts class that she is taking, um, and this is sort of helping propel her towards a career in food. At the same time, she is realistic about um, her life and what you know the challenges that will be. Um, will be in her life trying to raise her daughter and knowing that obviously a career in kitchens can take up a lot of time and doesn't leave a lot of free time and culinary arts um, education can be very expensive. Um, so she's sort of grappling with her personal dreams alongside the reality of being a, a young mother. 
And at the same time that all that's going on, she there is a, a new boy in her school that uh, there's clearly an attraction between the two of them. Um, and she's a little bit hesitant because her life is is already fairly complex that she's trying to, to navigate that space as well. Um, and it reminded me of yours because it was a very, a very respectful relationship as well. Um, there is there is a lot of patience given to everyone in this. Um, and I really loved the writing of this book. Like I said, a lot of the food description and the the fact that, you know, her being a young mother is just sort of an element of her story. It's, it's portrayed in a very real life fa- uh, fashion. It's not a moralistic tale of of, you know, the, the perils of being a, a young mother or anything like that. Um, it really just, it grounds everything in, in real life. Um, and I think Elizabeth Acevedo is just a, a fantastic writer, and I really loved that one. I'm going to throw it back to you for your next recommendation. There was a book called Verify this year, and uh, it's by Joelle Charbonneau, who has previously had a couple of uh, dystopian series. Um, this one is also a dystopian but it's a standalone and it's and it's unusual in that it does not come from a place where there was some big revolutionary turning society on its head it was a very insidious creep and i think it was um more realistic and kind of extra creepy and makes you think about how things can happen um because it happens in a place where it's it's modern america um, and they don't know that things have changed. The paper was outlawed for uh, supposedly environmental reasons. So everything exists on tablets and computers and devices. Um, and words have been slowly disappeared from vocabularies and pieces of history have been slowly altered and removed over time. And there's beautification programs happening throughout cities, um, which are expelling the undesirable sort of, you know, quote unquote, undesirable elements as they sort of clean up the cities and things that are, are happening now visibly are in this book happening invisibly and she discovers that there's this sort of underground resistance movement of people who are hoarding books and and trying to hold on to the knowledge of the way the world had been. And one of the words is verify that, that no one knows is a word anymore. So no one knows to think even the concept of checking is a really interesting idea at a time when, you know, fake news and checking your sources and, so on is under a bit of attack. It's something that, you know, we teach teens about. Um, We talk to them about, and in this world that's slowly dissolved away. Uh, Yeah. I know from, from my own experiences going into, into high schools that the, the fake news is definitely top of mind um, with, with teens and teachers and, and everyone today. So that sounds great. My next pick um, is called Keep This to Yourself, and it is by Tom Ryan. This is a Canadian book, a Canadian author, um, and I've talked recently, if people have been listening to these special episodes, 
um, about some cozy mysteries. This one's not quite cozy, um, but it does have a, a small town feel from, from some of those other mysteries I was talking about. This takes place in a fictional seaside town uh, of Camera Cove. And um, a year ago, there were four murders in this small town in one summer. And then the murder stopped, and it was believed that um, the murders were all from a sort of drifter who had come to town and then had left, and that's why the murders had stopped. The main character is Mac, and his best friend, Connor, was the final victim of the murderer. And Mac finds a sort of clue uh, from Connor uh, that he had sort of missed and discovered in the present, and that leads him to believe that the the murder may not have been who everyone sort of assumed, and that it might have been someone in this small town. Um, so suddenly, um, Mac is trying to investigate this sort of a year afterwards, and um, it sort of has that small town feel of where where everyone um, there are suspicions for everyone, and and he's sort of looking at everyone now with this suspicious glare of of who could have been the the murderer, and uh, I thought it was really well plotted, excellently written. I always am trying to read mystery novels with a an eye towards figuring out what had happened and who the murderer was and how everything took place, and this one has a number of excellent red herrings that definitely fooled me um, and kept me guessing and accusing different people right up until the end um, so I think it's a sort of little great escapist mystery um, that that teens would love and I also uh, give you a chance to do one last recommendation okay I've been trying to uh, talk about books that I don't have teen reviews for um, one that I probably my one of my top three books of last year was like a love story um, you may hear me talk about it again on something else because I love it so much I won't shut up about it. Um, this is a book set in New York in the 80s. A young boy who is coming to understand he's gay and it's in the height of the AIDS crisis. Um, he f has a friend He's he's been dating. She kind of realizes that he's in love with their third friend. So there's a lot of uh, tension, but the importance of friendships comes through. And uh, the music of Madonna plays a really strong role. So there's a bit of a celebratory um, aspect to the book. And one of the things that I really loved is it's very much a love letter to the activists who really turned the tide at the time. Um, but the writing is beautiful. The cover is beautiful. Uh, I know we're on just audio here, so you can't see it. But uh, it's it's so much captures the time with with the fear, the found family, the activists, the hope. Just beautifully, beautifully put together. And I believe the young boy is Iranian descent as well. Um, and it's it's also somewhat the story of the author, Abdi Nazimian, um, who just did a stellar job for a YA debut. Great. And we definitely did see uh, both, I think, a rise of, of 80s throwbacks last year, as well as, as activist um, and activism in books. Uh, so this one sort of ties both of those threads together that we were seeing a lot of. 
Yes. Rebel Girls also, I think, was uh, in the 90s, but very much that um, what is unfortunately known as historical fiction, because it is. It's, it's a, <laughs> as someone who lived through that time, it's uh, shocking to think of it as historical, but it is. Especially, especially for teens. Uh, but of course, we know they're not just not just teens are reading teen fiction. Yes, um, very much so. Well, thank you so much, Alice, for joining me today. Um, once again, everyone can find all 100 list books at tpl.ca slash the list. And we'll be posting the link for that on the episode page as well. Uh, but thank you so much, Alice. It was great to chat with you. You as well. And take care. Take care. Michael Warner and Alice Moore work for the library. Music by Highs. Shelve Under Podcast is a Toronto Public Library production. It is produced by Wendy Banks, Jason Bazadian, Ted Belke, Michael Warner, and Christina Wong. With production assistance by George Peniotu.